It's a Monday, a new week of Locked On Pelicans. I've got a trade target for you in DeJounte Murray. Let's talk about him in the opening part of today's show. And then, is the Pelicans' defense better? They're ranking a little bit better, but are they actually better? Let's dive into it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, I am feeling much better. This will be the last show that's kind of like impacted by everything I went through last Monday. Uh, so I'm glad to be back with you all. Thank you all very much for bearing with me last week, missing two shows. All of that. I don't think the other ones were my best ones either. But we're back. I'm feeling significantly better. So let's dive into it. And let's talk about a guy that you've talked. Uh, a lot of people have asked me about. And I have, I've mentioned in passing, but never spent that much time on. And I'll explain why. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts, and available on YouTube as well. No paywall or anything like that, just Pelicans Talk Monday through Friday. Where else are you getting that for free? All right, so Deontay Murray from the San Antonio Spurs, a name that everyone is kind of really intrigued in because he's having an excellent, excellent season. He has played in 42 games, started all of them for this Spurs team, 19.3 points per game, nine assists, and eight and a half rebounds. He's fairly close, right? He's an assist and a rebound and a half shy of averaging a triple-double while scoring almost 20 points per game. He's a guy that has steadily improved as he's gotten into the league after missing the 18-19 season with tearing his ACL. But he's steadily improved and he's kind of blossomed this year as like a lead guard, you know, like Russell Westbrook-esque, a little bit, you know, very, very light on Russell Westbrook there. But he's shooting pretty well from the field. He's shooting 45%. He's shooting not great from three, 32%, and he's never really been a good three-point shooter. He's been very hit or miss with that. He's a career 33% shooter. But when you can put up 20, 19 points per game, nine assists, so dish the ball, right, and eight and a half rebounds, yeah, you, you can live with the lack of shooting there, I think. And that's, I think, why a lot of people are looking at him. And then the other part is just kind of where the Spurs are in the standings, right? They are they have the same amount of wins as the Pelicans do. They're not a particularly great basketball team. They have 17 wins, 30 losses. The Pelicans have 17 wins, as I'm recording this, and 28 losses. So... This is a team you look at and you're like, well, maybe they shouldn't be going for the play-in or anything like that. They should be blowing it up because when you look at that Spurs roster overall, it's kind of weird, right? Like there is no one there that like really jumps out at you as like this dude is good. This is like the player that is going to help get them into the play-in tournament there's there's no one on the team like that so should they continue to go forward or should they try and kind of find that star if you don't think 
Murray is that sort of star player. Look, he's not. Like, I don't know if he's, like, the guy you build around, a very good player, but... If they were to find the guy they they want to build around, right, he starts to become a little bit of a concern. He's 25 right now. If you find the guy you want to build around, you tank in this draft, he'll be 26 next season. That doesn't quite fit the timeline of if you get your, like, blue chip guy. We had this talk around uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though he might be a dude that you actually should build around. So here's the issue and why I'm not going to spend that much time talking about Deontay Murray. I don't don't think the Spurs are going to try and tank or do any of this. This is not the normal type of organization that we think of. And I don't think like conventional logic in the NBA, even if that logic is sound, applies to them. They still have Greg Popovich for who knows how long, right? It might not be long. This could be his last year. Next year could be his last year. But as long as he's there, they're not going to waste his time by trying to tank. There's, there's just no reason for it. I think this is a team that loves the idea of the play-in tournament. They don't want to bottom out. They don't want to go through a rebuild at least just yet. And they don't have to because they can chase the play-in tournament. This is part of the issue with the play-in tournament. That there's fewer sellers because of it. The Spurs aren't going to feel the need to sell. They are going to be happy to think that maybe by the end of the season, Popovich can coach this team up. They go on a run and they get into the play-in tournament when no one was expecting them to do so. Now, their end of the season schedule is pretty tough, right? You don't want to face Golden State in there. You don't want to face Dallas and Denver when they're healthy, hopefully healthy, right? You know, like some of those games, Memphis. um, So they have... A tough road at the end of the year, but they've got a lot of games against Portland. They they might be able to win games against OKC. They play the Pels twice, depending on how they look at it. They could go, we, we can do this. And so I don't think they're willing to trade away their best player, let alone to a division rival. It's going to take something like three, three first-round picks plus probably Trey Murphy, assuming that you feel... Herb Jones is a no-go in any conversation. That's what you're looking at. So the equivalent of four first-round picks, that's a lot for him, right? Like, that's a lot for for any player, let alone for a guy that's not a bona fide all-star or one of those guys that you think really makes a world of difference. He'd make a world of difference, but you get what I'm saying in terms of how he's thought of around the league. So I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think they they are going to trade him at all. And I would be absolutely stunned by that. That just isn't how this team has ever operated. You know, the only reason you saw them trade Kawhi Leonard was because of the trade request and because things got so toxic there because he and his camp, his uncle, his family just didn't like how they handled his injury and the diagnosis and all of that stuff. This is not how they do things. I can't imagine this is how they are going to do things. And would you be okay giving up the equivalent of four first-round picks for a guy like Murray? Probably not, though. I don't know the way he's played this year. You're like, man, maybe missing piece. But the lack of three-point shooting probably limits that to some degree. So let me know. Four first-round picks. Three firsts and Trey Murphy. Would you do it for Deontay Murray? That's the question to you today in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. So there you go. I just don't think... It's, it's going to happen whatsoever. So coming up, let's talk about the defense in the next segment. Then we'll see what we talk about in the third segment, uh, depending on how much time we have. 
All right, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly easy. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. You know, I love this. makes it super easy and their users love it too. You've got one customer leaving a review saying, quote, I love Truebill. They saved me $660 for the year on my direct TV bill, saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, and saved $840 a year on my car insurance. That is a lot of money. And they have over 2 million users and have helped save them over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. NBA can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. I just got the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake flavor. These things are awesome. So if you want to eat healthier, but it just gets a little bit boring, and by week three, you're just kind of giving up on it because it's not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are the perfect answer. They're covered in 100% real chocolate and healthy for you. And you're going to look forward to eating these things. 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar or other protein bars, and Built Bar is going to be winning every single time. So keep a couple with you whenever you have those cravings, and this way you can stick to your resolutions. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 2 p.m. Central, and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels, our Antonio Daniels, who's part of the Locked On Network, and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and turn your notifications on so you know when it goes live. All right. We were just talking about the trade deadline, and thank you for making Locked On Pelicans, again, your first listen every single day. So let's switch to the defense. This is something I've been asked about a good bit, too, and when I put a call out a little bit for questions, I said, what do you want to hear about? And someone was like, talk about the defense. It's like, okay, I can talk about the defense. Because I've seen a lot of people saying they're, they're really improving, right? I've seen people say, like, they're building an identity on defense. And to be honest, I don't see it. I don't get what people are saying about this. Defense is one of those weird things to talk about. And I think sometimes people default onto certain tropes almost with it when you don't know what else to say, right? Like a lot of people will say a player is like a good defender when they just don't really have other things to say about him, right? Like people send that about Lonzo Ball for how long? He was an average defender here in New Orleans, right? He was at times above average. He was at times good. But people, sorry, people would be like, he's an excellent defender. He's never been an excellent defender, right? I think sometimes people say that when, like, you don't want to put other criticism out there and don't really know what to say. And so when I see people looking at this Pelicans team who, over their past 15 games, are are improved, but to what degree, right? The Pelicans are 8-7 and seven over their last 15 games, Are they that good? No, right? So I think people want to be like, but the defense has been better during that time. 
to try and kind of justify when it almost seems like maybe they're wrong about saying the team is is much improved. So is the defense better? To a certain degree, yes. But again, I don't necessarily see them forming the identity of a defense. When you look at this defense and go, what does it do? I don't have something that necessarily jumps out. Again, they are improved, and I'll explain where, and maybe you can say that's the identity. I'm not so sure on some of this just yet, right? On the season, the Pelicans rank 23rd when it comes to defensive rating, 111.3. Since in the last 15 games, let's use that because I think that's a good benchmark, the Pelicans have gone up to 15th in terms of defensive rating. An eight-position jump, that seems really good, right? But you remember their defensive rating was 111.3? Their defensive rating during this time is only 110.8, so it's a difference of 0.5. It's not a significant jump, and this speaks more to the rest of the league, kind of regressing on the defensive side of the ball. It makes sense, right? Injuries, COVID stuff, people in and out of the lineup, all of those things are really kind of rearing their head over these past 15 games. Defense should probably be worse. Though the Pelicans haven't regressed during that, but they've been one of the healthier teams. They've been one of the teams that's least impacted by COVID compared to some others. Herb Jones has never left, right? Some of these other guys have never left. That's an important thing. So I don't know, one, if your defense is only half a, you know, uh, 0.5 better, is are they significantly better? And they're not. When you look at some of the things of where you think they would be good, you know, they're not better in terms of forcing turnovers, they are not really better in terms of opponent three-point percentage. And those are the things that are really holding them back. Particularly that three-point percentage is what's really holding them back. And until they find a way to not let teams just burn them from three, they're not going to be an improved defense. If they can do that, then yeah, they might start to be able to do that. There's a couple of things they're doing that are well. They are grabbing defensive rebounds at a significantly better rate than they were before significantly better rate they are borderlining on kind of good there they are grabbing where did that number just go they're third best in terms of defensive rebounding percentage 76.7 percent they are because of that very much limiting third best opponent's second chance points love that that was an issue the first 10 games or so for this pelicans team um and that has been a good thing they are limiting fast break opportunities. That also has to do with them not turning the ball over nearly as much. But they've been significantly improved in transition defense this whole year compared to last year under Stan Van Gundy. And now what they're really doing, though, and this is maybe the area you could say, they're, they're, but again, I don't think it's an identity, right? It's just something they're doing a little bit better than what they were before. They're really starting to limit opponent points in the paint. Again, it's three points that are that are really burning them. They're fourth best during the stretch over opponent points in the paint, 41.6. Partially helps that like the Knicks were just a disaster the other night, and they've had a couple of outliers that have kind of swung this, I think, to a certain degree. But as you've watched them, this starts to make a little bit of sense. They are forcing more isolation basketball, and those opponent players that are going one-on-one with the Pels aren't doing nearly as good of a job. Herb Jones helps you with this. Josh Hart 
really helps you with this. You've even seen Brandon Ingram step up on this side of the ball and try and kind of take on some of those wing assignments and do a decent enough job of slowing them down. As they forced more isolation opportunities, they've done a very good job of just straight up limiting it. That's kind of the best way to describe it. And there you go. You know, you're going to hurt teams with that. As that's gone, you've seen the Pelicans give up fewer assists and not let the ball move as much. Again, they have not done a good job of limiting three-point shots off of this but and, and turning them into turnovers necessarily, but they definitely are doing a much better job of limiting some of that, isola- forcing isolation scoring, and then doing a good job of really trying to limit that as much as possible and not let kind of teams beat them, but players beat them, and the players aren't doing it themselves. Again, this is a 15-game sample. It's not a whole season sample, but limiting shots in the paint and points in the paint, that's really good. You know, Valanciunas has done a little bit better, I think, of rim protection there. You're seeing some more blocks come into play by about a half a block per game more during the stretch than than the entirety of the season. There's something maybe there, but again, they don't really have a rim protector. They're not elite at that. I think this is more, you know, other players just kind of getting stymied in isolation style basketball. It's not a bad thing. That's good. Again, I don't know if they're truly better. They're not really forcing more turnovers, right? They're not necessarily blocking a ton more shots. They're still giving up way too many threes, letting opponents make too many threes. That's not necessarily the makings of a good defense when these numbers are in line with what they've done all year long and they rank 23rd. I think this is more rest of the league and the Pelicans staying a little bit healthy and avoiding some of the pitfalls that other teams have had during a stretch like this. We'll see maybe over the next 10 games or so, you know, things kind of evolve a little bit. We're going to see the COVID stuff start to die down. Maybe the Pelicans can really keep improving on defense, but let's see where this number falls over the next 10 games or so. And I think that's going to be an important thing to really look at and determine, are they better on defense or not? All right, coming up, Brandon Ingram injury update. We've got Devontae Graham injury update. Let's talk about it here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. What an unbelievable slate of NFL games this past weekend. You could have made it much more interesting by getting in on the action. And look, it's a new year and they got a new updated desktop and mobile website so sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to get started whether it's basketball football hockey boxing ufc write your favorite vegas casino games and player props don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 year bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every single day we're free and available five days a week for you all on all platforms no paywall or anything like that All right, let's wrap this one up quickly. Kind of hell week for New Orleans, right? They play tonight against the Indiana Pacers, then have this stupid home road back-to-back against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Pelicans getting screwed on this one because the Philadelphia 76ers had COVID issues. I'm not going to get into they were resting, they didn't want to play. Whatever. Look, these postponements have to happen. I don't think the Pelicans should have been totally screwed by this. You know, it's it wasn't their fault. This wasn't like when the water went rained in the Smoothie King Center and they had to play three games in three days, which, look, they created that sort of issue against the Indiana Pacers, too. Um, and 
so you get kind of punished for it or you get the short end of the stick with it. They shouldn't be getting the short end of the stick as much as they are against this one. You got a back-to-back -back here and then a back-to-back -back on Friday and Saturday with the Denver Nuggets and then the Boston Celtics. This is a rough four-game stretch because of it. No Brandon Ingram in tonight's game. Devontae Graham is questionable. You got to just try and win this one. If you go one and three in this, or, you know, I think that's that's almost somewhat of a moral victory. Two and two would be considered good, just treading water. You can maybe win against the Denver Nuggets. But this this is rough. Like, there's, there's no other way to put it. You're going up against MVP candidate Joel Embiid tomorrow night. You know, do what you can in this one. Basically punt tomorrow's game, I think. And try and take the rest in the in the meantime on Wednesday and Thursday that you can before Friday, Saturday. Just kind of see what you can do. There's there's really no other way to put it. This is brutal. Um, it didn't have to be this way, NBA. This one's this one's a little bit unfair, but it's okay. This team's improving. You know, there is no uh, Malcolm Brogdon for this one. I don't know if Karis LeVert's going to be playing either. Miles Turner is going to be out. Sabonis has been dealing with injuries too. So there's a chance that this one is just going to be an awful looking game in the Smoothie King Center, meaning New Orleans can probably try and grab that victory and make things a little bit better when it comes to this. But I don't know. Let me also know what's your ideal record over the next four games and how rough this stretches for the Pelicans. Let me know in the comments below. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Again, sorry for being late. We'll be back to our normal schedule the rest of the week. Thank you all for bearing with me on all of this. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen every single day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game and preview the next one.